following program is rated M for mystery, malfeasance, and mobsters, and may contain trace amounts of murder. True stories of history's forgotten detectives from across the 20th century. This is Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater! Tonight, I take you on a journey back to the Roaring Twenties, to Myrna's early days of busting crime in the Windy City, to the good old days, back when Aunt Geraldine, the last of her extended family, was still kicking, when parties roared and secret gin poured, when grand hopes and dreams floated easily aloft the wintry breeze. Yet here, amid this clamor and excitement, we find Myrna snug, smug, and behind bars, with a drunken greaseball in the cell next door. Myrna? Myrna! Come to sweeten my tea, sweet pea? Ugh, teeth like yours don't need any more sugar. Myrna! Lori, is Toby dead? He's in critical condition. Myrna, did you do it? What do you think? Play the drunks card, darling. Trumps every time. Well, what happened? I was at the Metcalf Manor this evening. My Aunt Geraldine threw a fundraising party for her new husband's medical company. She fancies herself a great philanthropist. I thought you had no family left. Just Aunt Geraldine. And she barely counts. Wasn't my kind of party. The air all choked up on perfume. Waiters with magenta ties. Even the punch was a blinding phosphorescent purple. You couldn't tell if it was a fundraiser, a wedding shower, or a peacock convention. And you should have heard Aunt Geraldine's speech. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I could not wish for better folk with whom to share our happy news. As you all know, my darling Emile is a very talented doctor, and I am a very talented spendthrift. Together, we are opening the Geraldine Rodrigo Center for Medical Innovation, where we will develop new medicines to push the frontier of our pharmaceutical industry. But cutting-edge medicine doesn't come from nothing. It needs some financial fodder. Which is why, my friends, we ask you to help us help you. Open up your wallets. Open up your hearts, but mostly your wallets. <laughs> but for now, life is short, love's sweet. So do yourself a favor and grab a handsome partner for a dance. Let's live. Let's love. Let's donate. Then the music started up again and I went for the punch table, strategically positioned right beside the money bowl. Figured I'd make myself useful and protect the donations. And I wasn't the only one with that idea. One of the Joes hanging by the dough was Aunt Geraldine's new beau. You must be my niece. I take it you're Mr. Rodrigo. I bet you're the youngest uncle I've ever had. Happy to take the position. And it's, uh, it's Dr. Rodrigo, actually. Congratulations on the medical center, doctor. Aunt Geraldine's not giving you too much trouble with that, is she? <laughs> Only the required amount. I'm impressed you wrangled any help from her at all. The dame's right, Boyo. You know what they say about older women. Might I introduce my good friend, Toby O'Brien? Toby, this is Myrna Sinclair, my uh, wife's niece. A pleasure. Are you a doctor too, Mr. O'Brien? God, no. Next to him, I'm worse than chopped liver. Come on, Toby. Factory work is nothing to be embarrassed about. At a party like this? 
it is. Don't mind the snobs. Most of them have never done a useful thing in their lives. Well, don't you go feeling sorry for me now. Work is work, Toby. I'm just glad to hear you're settled in a job again. Which factory is it, Mr. O'Brien? Emil, how about some of your famous punch? <laughs> of course. How rude of me. Emil, I need you. Just pouring punch, darling. Well, good. Bring it here. Uh, go on. I'll take care of Mr. O'Brien here. Please, excuse me. Famous punch, is it? Emil's got a knack for mixing flavors. He should, should have been a chef, really. What's the secret ingredient? Purple dye number 1784Q3, by the looks of it. And here I was, hoping for gin. Isn't that illegal, Miss Sinclair? Some rules just beg to be broken. Toast time! Friends, here he is. My beautiful husband, Emil. Raise your glasses. Emil, why don't you say a few words? Thank you for coming, everyone. Cheers! Few words indeed. Bottoms up! Right to the point. Cheers to that. Oh my, there's a kick in this. Well, there you are, Miss Sinclair. Emil's bent the law just to fulfill your craving. What, with a little rum? It was gin I wanted. Ah, uh, nine o'clock. Excuse me, Miss Sinclair, I've got to take my medicine. So are you and the doctor friends? Uh, we, we were boys together. I've, I've known Emil since before he had a penny to his name. When he was a scrawny little Cuban kid running up and down the street, giving everyone, getting everyone out for sunset soccer. Ah, <laughs> parties. You can never have a proper conversation. I could use a smoke. How about we go get some fresh air? So then Toby and I stepped out onto the balcony. It was bitingly cold, but at least it was quiet. Look, if you squint, you can almost see the stars. It's so strange to be here. All these people with their fancy dresses. What do all of them do? Nothing. Trophy bosses with trophy wives. The trick is to be born right and lose your richest relations early. Is that what happened to you? My parents left me quite an inheritance. Then my uncles, my grandmother. Seems I'm the family favorite. <laughs> Are you all right? Uh, the, uh, the punch is a little strong. <laughs> it, it must be hard work managing all those uh, estates. Yes, I've got it easy. But you've got the factory. That's real work. Truth is, I never did get that job at the factory. But, but don't tell Emil that. He's got prospects now. For the first time in his life, he's doing great things. He's saving the world. If he knew about my troubles, he'd try to save me, too. There's no shame in asking for help. I'm, I'm not some charity case. <laughs> you aren't well at all. I don't mean to be bitter. Emil's happy. <laughs> You've got all the right to be bitter. C could I get you some water? No, no, I'm, I'm fine. But Emil, he's got such luck to be with your lovely Aunt Geraldine. You don't have to pretend to like her, Toby. No one really does. <laughs> I, I see you fancy yourself a, a great judge of character. Perhaps great is an overstatement. What's the, what's the verdict on me? Based on the given evidence, you're proud to a fault. I never thought a head could bleed so much. He'd fallen headfirst into the metal railing and started shaking in a vicious fit. I tried to hold him still, cushion his head, but all that did was smear the blood all over my sleeves. Help! There's been an accident! Out of the way! Let me through! You just... Collapsed. Toby, it's me, Emil. Can you hear me? He was coughing. This man needs to go to the hospital. Now, you, with the red fascinator, call an ambulance. 
And you know the rest of it. They took Toby away in one car and me in another. Just like that? Just keeled over? The butler did it. Shut it, genius. But there was blood, Myrna, and you standing over him. That looks bad. Everything about this looks bad. I don't know what these cops are thinking. That it was some lover's quarrel, that, that I bludgeoned him with the glass or knocked him over or God knows what, but they're nuts. Why would I kill him, Lori? We'd only just met. He must have been poisoned. He drank the punch just before he fell. I've run an analysis of that punch. Mostly it was oranges and apricots and rum and a whole lot of strawberries and some methylene blue. Poison! Calm yourself, lady. It's just a dark blue dye with some antiseptic properties. Everyone at the party drank it, Myrna, and no one else was hurt. If anything, you're all healthier for it. It might have been an overdose. A bad pill. A suicide. Why on earth would someone want to kill themselves at a party? You haven't been to one of my aunt's parties. He had no known conditions, Myrna. I triple-checked his record. There's foul play here. I don't know how. I don't know why. But someone took Toby out. What makes you say that? Toby was lying to Rodrigo about having a job. He wasn't doing so well. And that pill... That pill. He called it some sort of medication. Oh, it gives out good pills, that one. Jumpin' Jersey. I forgot he was there. He's still alive, Lori. There might not be a murder. If he was poisoned, we can find the antidote. We just have to figure out what the poison was. It wasn't poison, Myrna. And anyway, not all poisons have antidotes. You need to focus on your own predicament. The police are looking at other leads. Garrett's on this case himself. Garrett's gonna ask me the standard questions and it'll take him all day. By then it'll be too late for Toby. Lori, you gotta get me out of here. Yes, of course. Of course, I'll get right on it. Where are you going? Well, I, I have to fill out the petition for release. And the documents for... No, not the long hallway. Break me out. Uh, me too. Me too. Lori. I'm not going to break the law. You won't be breaking the law. Just giving it a nudge in the right direction. Lori, there are keys in the guards' room just up the hall. I can't. Come on, Lori. No, I'm sorry. All right. Fine. Then there's something else you can do, and it doesn't involve any extra legal activity. What is it? Call up Nancy. She'll do the law bending. Officer Mendez from Records? She'll be just upstairs. But it's getting late, Lori, so go get her quick. All right. All right, I'm going. Godspeed, Flutterbug. Will Nancy Mendez break Myrna out of jail? Will Laurie ever go against the law? Will that guy in the next cell ever shut up? Find out after this short message from our sponsors. It's Valentine's Day. It's New Year's. It's George Washington's birthday. Have you completely forgotten to get your gasoline special? Again? Is she going to kill you? Or worse, is she going to make you do the dishes? Don't despair. Try Magic Marvin's Memory Mystifier. Just slip a convenient dissolving pill of our special formula and she'll be the one forgetting what day it is. Or what year. Or her name. Said something you shouldn't have? Slip her some Magic Marvin's. Danced with another broad? Magic Marvin's. What better way to make the most of the day than to live in the moment? Enjoy meeting each other anew. Bring your relationship back to the good old days. And now, as part of our special holiday sale, buy one bottle of Magic Marvin's Memory Mystifier and get two free. Trust me, Magic Marvin's got your memory clear as... Um, what? Magic Marvin's. Mistakes, regret, dissolve and forget. Magic Marvin's. 
And we're back, just as Nancy from Records and Laurie appear, accompanied by the sweet jangle of keys to Myrna's prison cell. Laurie stands back and covers her eyes during the illegal part of the ordeal. I owe you one. The worst is over, Laurie. You can open your eyes. I saw nothing. I did nothing. Now listen carefully. Nancy's going to handcuff me. Walk us out to the police cars, and I'm going to get in as if I have no choice. You're going to fake a prison transfer? Technically, it is a prison transfer. She's transferring me from inside the prison to outside the prison. Let's go. What about me? Heads turned down and Myrna's hands bound up, the jailbreak trio marches through the halls of the police station into the street. It's dark outside, the street lamps casting formidable shadows across the way. Myrna hops into the back of Nancy's car and ducks down low. Laurie clambers into the front, but before Officer Mendez can take the wheel, they hear a familiar voice. Mendez, heading home. You can't see me. Lori, stay low. It's Victor Garrett. You're out late. Came down to have a talk with Myrna Sinclair. Oh, dear. Yes, I... I heard about that. This whole thing smells fishy. I don't know Sinclair that well, and I doubt I ever will, but she's no thug. Still, she was alone with the victim when he collapsed, and there was blood on her hands. But I came outside for a different reason, Mendez. Oh? Accompany me to the biannual departmental social. Romantically. Wait, what? Well, I certainly didn't see that coming. Nancy! Say yes, but make him sweat. I, uh... Myrna, more pressing things? Pass me the keys! What was that? Please! Go on. I was finished. Backed against the car, Nancy passes the key to the ignition through Myrna's window. Lori, take the keys. You're driving. I thought Nancy was. Is that Lori O'Leary? Oh, yes. Uh, she's, uh, she's helping me out with a records case, and now she's borrowing a car. My hands are still cuffed. You have to take the wheel. Come on. <laughs> Hello, Inspector Garrett. Miss O'Leary, are you authorized to drive? Uh, shall we make it seven o'clock then? Seven is fine. Go! Waving pleasantly at Garrett, Laurie slides to the steering wheel and puts the car in drive. I'm stealing a police car. I'm stealing a police car. Listen to me carefully. We don't have much time before Garrett realizes I'm missing and sends the whole squad after us. We need to get to Aunt Geraldine's house. Rodrigo can tell us more about Toby. Lori, turn left at the next crossing. Oh, my lord. Oh, my lord. Pass me a hairpin. When they arrive at Metcalf Manor, they find no Rodrigo, but instead Myrna's Aunt Geraldine, steeping tea as though she had been awaiting them all evening. Having hairpinned her wrists out of the handcuffs, Myrna goes to the stack of papers on Rodrigo's writing table. Why, when I heard that boy had fallen over, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I've never, ever in my life, and I've had a very illustrious life, I've never had a party end with a police investigation. A police raid? Well, we were all young once, but an investigation? And a social fundraiser? Why, when the Johnson chauffeur died at their box social, they weren't seen at the club for a year. No one will come to my parties again. Would you like some tea? None for me. No, thank you. Tea it is. Tea it is. Myrna, will you sit down like a civilized person? See how nicely your friend is sitting? We're just in for a minute, Aunt Geraldine. Is Rodrigo here? Call him a meal, darling. He's your uncle. And careful with those. Some of them are Emile's doctor papers. Client files left open for all the world to see. Don't. Mutter, Myrna, it's unbecoming. Do you know Toby O'Brien well? I did. I, I do, my dear. 
He and Emil were such friends. Toby's nice enough, but you saw the dirt on his collar. I can't understand why Emil would want to associate with the likes of him. After escaping that horrible life... Medical documents. Medical documents. There must be an address book somewhere. Muttering again! You were talking about Rodrigo? Emil, darling. Yes, he's had a very difficult life. Alas, what's to be done? There are some stains even time can't wash away. Oh my, speaking of time, in all this commotion, I've quite forgotten to take my medicine. Where is it now? Aunt Geraldine, can you think of anyone who might have wanted to kill Toby O'Brien? Oh, you ask such questions, my dear. I imagine everyone in the slums wants to kill everyone else in the slums. Thieves and murderers, the lot of them. Oh, damn pills, they're all mixed up again. Might I help you with that, Mrs. Rodrigo? Oh, do be a dear. I'm looking for the Donatal. Emile says it's brand new, not even on the market yet. Helps with my indigestion. They have a drug for everything these days. It is new. I haven't heard of it myself. This little grey one? Yes, thank you. One must be careful to take the right pill at the right time. Emile always reminds me to be careful. My darling doctor. Oh, and the one for the migraines. Oh, here's the address book. O'Brien, O'Brien. Toby O'Brien lived with his sister, Aoife. Wasn't kidding about the slums. Come on, Laurie, we're heading south. <coughs> Christ, this tea is boiling. Oh, are you going so soon? But it's the middle of the night. Can't it wait till morning? Uh, have, have some tea, at least. Thank you, Aunt Geraldine. We'll come by for tea another day. Burning a trail through the dark and frosty streets, Myrna and Laurie find themselves in the slums of South Side Chicago, knocking on the door of a crooked house with curtains for windows. It's one in the morning. Is this the residence of Toby O'Brien? You another police officer? Christ, you got no track of time. They've already been here. I told them everything I know. I'm not with the police. We're friends of Dr. Emil Rodrigo. Rodrigo, huh? That snotty traitor didn't even have the balls to come cover up his own experiment. What do you mean, experiment? Call it like it is, will ya? Loading up a human being with half-baked drugs just to see if he blows. Poisoning his old neighborhood just to make a buck. There's a special hole in hell for the lot of you. Uh, Miss O'Brien! And now you've come to sweep up the doctor's leftovers? Well, here you are. Take them all back. Clearly they mean more to you than a human life. Whoa, whoa, we're not... You got what you wanted from him. You've all got what you wanted. Now leave us alone! Left out in the dark again, Myrna and Lori collect the pill bottles off Aoife's porch and carry them back to the car. An experiment. I've heard about this kind of thing. Some private dealers would test their meds to fine-tune the side effects. It doesn't pay much, but to a person who has nothing... Geraldine Rodrigo Center for Medical Innovation. Right there on the label. God damn it, Toby was a lab rat all this time. A lab rat for his own damn friend. Myrna, I don't like the look of these. What is it? All these ingredients. They're things I've only seen in textbooks. Rodrigo's company has taken drugs no doctors seriously used in a hundred years and given them new names. So they're just resurrecting old meds? Myrna, look. Toby was taking Donatel. Same as your Aunt Geraldine. Little gray pills. These are the ones he took just before he collapsed. Myrna... 
This bottle cites the main ingredient as a tropa belladonna. What's that? I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Donatel belladonna. Oh, Lord. That new drug Toby and your aunt have. It's got pure atropa belladonna in it. I didn't think anyone would use this. I've never seen a drug with undiluted belladonna. If you mix natural belladonna with methylene blue, it becomes poison. What was that? The police radio. Turn it up. Calling all available cars, all available cars to North Astor Lane. I repeat, to North Astor Lane. That's Aunt Geraldine's house. Vehicle 102 here, at the scene of the crime. Female in her 60s, collapsed in sitting room, proclaimed dead at the scene. Myrna? Talk to me, Myrna. Possible connection to the O'Brien case. Jesus, two in one day? We got a killer on the rampage. Slow down, Myrna. Dunno, looks like an overdose to me. Damn people. Get rid of the drink and they'll go for the drugs. Myrna, what are you- Myrna Sinclair, fugitive. Reporting on the line from vehicle 224. Tell the inspector to meet me at Mercy Hospital in ten minutes. Leading a trail of police officers bent on arresting them, Myrna and Lori burst into Toby O'Brien's room at Mercy Hospital to find Dr. Rodrigo performing vigorous chest compressions on his patient, while the nurse raises and lowers Toby's arms in an effort to resuscitate him. Pilocarpine, now! Doctor, don't you think- Now! Myrna Sinclair, what part of you are under arrest was unclear. This is the man you want, Garrett. Dr. Emile Rodrigo. Nurse, get me the atropine. That's not going to help. Out of my way! What did you want, Rodrigo? Why did you put methylene blue in that punch? It wasn't for him. It wasn't for him! Toby, come on. Toby! Will someone explain to me what is happening? He's dead. This is your killer, Inspector Garrett. Dr. Emile Rodrigo was treating Aunt Geraldine's indigestion with a new pill called Donatol. And the punch bowl at the party was spiked with methylene blue. Which is just a minor antiseptic dye, but when mixed with undiluted Atropa Belladonna, the main ingredient in that newfangled pill, it proves a potent poison. All this for your wife's money? Well, I guess you're batting 500. She's dead. Oh, don't play surprised. Wasn't this part of your plan? Convince her to take this Donatol for her indigestion, then, as soon as you're married, throw her a murder party? Spike the punch with something that'll react violently with the newest drug in your lab and make the whole ordeal look like an accidental overdose? Then you inherit all her money. No more fancy philanthropist pandering. No more begging her to throw you a bone. It was a perfect setting, too. With everybody drinking from one big bowl, who would suspect the darling doctor husband? Then why did Mrs. Rodrigo collapse in her home? She'd forgotten to take her pills before the party. And when she did take the Donatol around midnight, that methylene blue was already in her system. Aunt Geraldine always has had the most impeccable timing. Even with that development, Rodrigo, you might have gotten away with it. Only Toby threw a wrench into things. Two murders in one day are much harder to cover up. You didn't know he was taking Donatol too, did you? He was taking a whole lot of cutting-edge pills. What are you talking about? The Geraldine Rodrigo Center for Medical Innovation. What does that have to do with him? He was poor, Rodrigo. Much poorer than you thought. You're not telling me he was... A lab rat. That's right. In your experiment. You really ought to meet the people you're testing your drugs on. Toby should have come to me. I would have... I would have... Thrown him a penny? Don't you dare mock my friends. You dared kill my aunt. All right, that's enough. Rodrigo, Sinclair, O'Leary, you're all under arrest. I was going to make great changes. I would have invented a hundred cures. I would have saved thousands of lives. All at the cost of a couple. I never meant to hurt innocent people. No, only desperate people. Come on, let's roll out. I've had enough of this day. Dear Lord. 
Oh, my dear lord, I'm a criminal. You'll live, Lori. Bail's on me. Keep moving, Sinclair. As the sun sets behind the Chicago skyline a week later, Myrna Sinclair settles into a familiar chair at the office of Francine Glanswell, the Sinclair family barrister. Francine lays out a series of pages in a choreographed shuffle, and with the butt end of her pen indicates the dreadful dotted line. Your aunt has indicated that in the event of her husband's unlikely death, or in this case, incarceration, you are to inherit the entirety of her estate. The details are here, as always. My condolences, Miss Sinclair. Thank you. The street lamps outside flicker on as the last rays of daylight disappear beyond the looming skyline of Chicago, and Myrna signs her name in bleeding ink on the all-too-familiar pages of yet another family will. The Villainous Vindication was written by Polly Fakayev. Emil Rodrigo was played by Anthony Botello. Toby O'Brien was played by Hayden Finkelstein. Geraldine Rodrigo and Myrna Sinclair were played by Marika Lapointe. I owe you. Would you stop laughing during my tank, Joseph? Lori O'Leary and Aoife O'Brien were played by Rebecca Russell. Man in Cell was played by Joseph Beebe. What about me? What about Man in Cell? What's his story? I want to hear about him. Who knows what waggy ventures he'd come up with? Knocking his cup against the bars. Peeing in a corner. Peeing in his cup. Drinking his pee. Peeing out that pee in the corner. Peeing out that same pee in the corner. Nancy Mendez was played by Leanna Badewi. Inspector Garrett was played by Leet Stetson. Mendez. Heading home? Yeah. Three words and I f***ed one of them off. With special guest star Leet Stetson as your narrator. Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater is produced by Joseph Beebe and Theater Doubletake. Duotang Chesterfield wants to know, how many innocent lives must be spared before murder is justified? One? One half? Let us know by investigating us on the web at duotangmysteries.com. And don't forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Next time, the Oregon Twins investigate a case of intellectual infringement. Can we not have one assembly without it turning into a mess of plagiarism accusations? The case of the plundered prize-winning paper. Next time on Duotang Chesterfield's Mystery Theater.